June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Breaking news tonight, President Biden's ambitious new pledge to buy enough doses to vaccinate all Americans by the end of the summer. The new plan tonight, ordering an additional 200 million vaccine doses and increasing the supply to states immediately. This is a wartime effort. Plus is a new vaccine with just one dose about to be approved. And the new evidence tonight that an antibody drug can temporarily prevent COVID-19. Opening our schools. The CDC urges getting children back in the classroom, saying with precautions, in-person learning is safe. Plus, Germany requires surgical-grade masks in public. Could that happen soon here in America? Admission of failure. In an extraordinary apology, the acting head of the Capitol Police admits they knew white supremacists and militias were coming to the U.S. Capitol, armed. This as senators are sworn in for the trial of former President Trump. Putin phone call. What President Biden said to his Russian counterpart. More than 150 now facing federal charges, including this New York man seen smoking a joint inside the Capitol. And there's this stunning video of the Trump rally before the riot. Take the Capitol! Deadly storm. A tornado slices through Alabama, killing a 14-year-old, injuring more than two dozen, causing extreme damage to homes, hotels, and neighborhoods. And a lesson in dedication. The teacher who logs into class every day, even during cancer treatment. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to be in with breaking news because President Biden says the U.S. is buying 200 million more doses of those two approved coronavirus vaccines, giving the government enough shots by the end of this summer for all Americans to get vaccinated. Tonight, Mr. Biden also says he's immediately increasing the number of vaccines that the federal government is shipping to states and will now give governors detailed information about future shipments on a three-week schedule. The president's plan comes on the heels of widespread anger from Americans unable to get vaccinated and after complaints from states that they're running out of shots and canceling appointments. President Biden called the vaccine rollout one of the most difficult operational challenges the country will ever face, in part because current vaccines require two shots. Well, tonight, the CDC says about 44 million of those shots have have been already given to states, but fewer than 24 million of them have actually been put in people's arms. That's because some states and hospitals are holding doses back, trying to make sure that they have enough to give those second shots. Still, the president says it will take months before enough people are vaccinated to make a real dent in the pandemic, and that Americans must keep wearing masks and social distancing. At the same time tonight, new research from the CDC says there's enough evidence to show that masks and social distancing may be enough 
to immediately start reopening schools for in-person learning. So as you can see, there's a lot of big headlines tonight. Our team is standing by to cover them all. CBS's Nancy Cordes is going to lead us off tonight from the White House. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. President Biden announced this afternoon that he is working to purchase 100 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine and 100 million doses of the Moderna vaccine. This would guarantee enough supply to vaccinate all American adults this year. President Biden said the additional doses should be available this summer. 200 million more doses than the federal government had previously secured. Not in hand yet, but ordered. In a conference call with governors today, White House COVID czar Jeffrey Zients promised that the weekly vaccine supply to states is about to grow from 8.6 million to 10 million, an increase of 16 percent. From this week forward, God willing, we'll ensure that states, tribes and territories will now always have a reliable three-week forecast what the supply they're going to get. So they'll know three weeks ahead of time what's going to be there in the third week. The lack of information has been a major complaint from governors. You really can't plan and schedule when you don't know what you're going to get next week. Vice President Kamala Harris received her second dose of the vaccine today at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda. The White House is now in an all-out race to catch up with cases as more infectious international variants spread throughout the U.S. Mr. Biden signed a presidential memorandum today condemning the kind of anti-Asian rhetoric his predecessor frequently employed when discussing COVID-19. China virus. Terrible China virus. Kung flu. Since the pandemic started, advocacy groups have logged nearly 3,000 reports of racism and discrimination against Asian Americans. Hey, you look like a Chinese virus, you fat slob. Voicemails like that one became routine for New York Congresswoman Grace Meng. I'm thrilled that President Biden is uh, signing this kind of executive order to acknowledge the hurt uh, and the assaults that the Asian community has gone through in this country. Mr. Biden also had his first call today with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The White House says Mr. Biden raised Russian hacking and interference in the 2020 election, the kind of topics Mr. Trump was often reluctant to discuss with his Russian counterpart. And Nancy joins us now from the White House. And Nancy, I understand you have some new reporting about the vaccination effort inside the White House. Right, Nora, it's another sign of the change in approach to the virus from the last administration. This White House not only requiring masks and regular testing for employees, but also CBS News has confirmed has already gotten hundreds of staffers vaccinated with a goal of getting all in-person staff vaccinated within the next few weeks. Nancy Cordes, thank you. And those additional vaccine doses that President Biden talked today about today can't come soon enough for cities and states that have complained about the federal effort so far. We get more tonight from CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. In parts of the country, vaccine appointments are being canceled as states and cities like New York are desperate for more supply. Right now, uh, I need hundreds of thousands more doses per week. Dr. Michael Osterholm is on President Biden's COVID advisory panel. Was there a clear strategy? You know, Operation Warp Speed was a tremendous success with regard to making the vaccine. 
but there was no plans really put into place for how to move it into our communities. Florida's governor today fought back against White House claims the state has failed to administer half of its vaccine doses, saying some are being held back to guarantee seniors get the second prescribed shot. Because that's the, that's what the FDA has recommended, and so that's what we're following. Well, that in a sense is a disconnect because you surely don't need to hold all the second doses if you can count on vaccine coming next week. There is hope for more supply. Johnson & Johnson is expected to release data on its single-dose vaccine in the coming days. And Regeneron, an antibody cocktail President Trump credited with his recovery last year. I took something Regeneron, it was, you know, highly sophisticated stuff. Was found to be effective in preventing COVID-19 infection in a clinical trial. There's new research on infections in schools. A CDC report found little evidence of widespread transmission in schools and communities, provided mask and distancing guidelines are followed, but also found that indoor sports without mask use pose a danger and should be stopped. The news comes as more contagious strains of the virus are spreading, including one in California, where more than 37,000 have already died from COVID, 12,000 this month alone including Jasmine Jacobo, who fell ill before Christmas and died January 13th. She was just 33 years old, survived by five children, now being cared for by her brother. We've had uh, uncles that are 70 years old that ended up in the hospital and, and came home. So we expected her to come home. The love that she shared with everybody was amazing. She was a beautiful person. Those painful stories continue to bring demand for the vaccine into focus. Today, the state of Florida announced it has vaccinated more than one million seniors so far and has started to set up appointments for second doses at this state-run site. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you so much. Well, tonight, the acting head of Capitol Police issued an extraordinary apology for security failures during that Capitol assault. It comes after a Senate vote that signals former President Trump will likely be acquitted on the charge of inciting the riot. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports tonight from the Capitol. A stunning admission from Capitol Hill police tonight. Leaders knew days before the January 6th attack, armed militia groups and white supremacists were coming to Washington with Congress as a target. Behind closed doors, the department's acting chief, Yogananda Pittman, told lawmakers Capitol Police knew there was a strong potential for violence, but officers were still not properly armed and failed to adequately lock down the building. There were signs that bad things were going to happen, and the police still weren't ready. Not surprised, but, but you know, terribly disappointed. Now it's time to start figuring out why some of this intelligent, uh, intelligence information was not acted upon. Pittman said the force should have been more prepared for the violent siege, which left five dead and nearly 140 officers injured. The department failed to meet its own high standards as well as yours, she said. I've got all kinds of questions I want answered. You know, what, what intelligence did they have ahead of time? Uh, who knew what when? Who did they share that intelligence with? There are now more than 150 people facing federal charges related to the riot, including this New York man who posted a picture of himself smoking a joint inside the Capitol. And two Rocky Mount Virginia police officers who attended the rally were fired. With thousands of National Guard securing the Capitol, all 100 senators were sworn in for President Donald Trump's second impeachment trial. To me, what Trump did was the most despicable thing any president has ever done. But there is fierce opposition from Republicans. 
Democrats are wasting the nation's time on a partisan vendetta against a man no longer in office. Democrats beat back a Republican attempt to have the trial dismissed, but just five Republicans joined them in the effort. With so many Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, moving to dismiss the trial, it makes it pretty clear Mr. Trump will be acquitted next month. Now, late tonight, we are learning that 80-year-old Senator Patrick Leahy, who is presiding over the impeachment trial, was taken to an area hospital after not feeling well. We understand it is out of an abundance of caution. Nora. All right, Chris Van Cleve with that new information. Thank you, Chris. Well, tonight, millions of Americans are in the path of dangerous weather from the West Coast to the deep south to New England. A powerful tornado is blamed for at least one death in Alabama. And CBS's Errol Barnett is there tonight. Good evening, Errol. Nora, dozens of people were inside this hotel behind me, some of them sleeping when the powerful tornado hit, and they had seconds to find safety. You can see a bed in some of the chairs through the open walls. The alarms inside are still beeping. Now, thankfully, no one here died, which is remarkable when you see the damage, but the same is not true elsewhere. A large tornado tearing through the city of Fultondale, Alabama overnight, ripping roofs off homes and pulverizing walls, scattering debris so high it showed up on radar. A 14-year-old boy is the first confirmed fatality, hiding with his family in a basement when it collapsed. More than a dozen others in the area were injured. And we have recovered six additional occupants that were trapped. Kim Turner was with her two-year-old grandson, Fisher, when she heard the storm intensify. This house was just shaking, and and the electricity was out, so we were just down in the basement. They got to safety just in time before this tree crushed their home. Tonight, she's still emotional, recounting their close call. You saved your grandson. Steve and Sue Gambler had even less time to prepare, shaken awake by the tornado, ripping apart their hotel. We get in this bathroom, yeah. and sure enough, we just went in a room and we prayed, and, and uh, we felt the thing, you know, shaking. And, and my next concern was, like, are the two floors above us going to fall down on top of us? The same storm system that spawned the Alabama tornado rolled through the Midwest dumping record-breaking snowfall in Nebraska. State troopers there responded to more than 300 weather-related accidents. Now, grandmother Kim Turner tells us she just happened to be babysitting her grandson because her daughter was at the hospital giving birth to twins prematurely. Uh, Nora, she tells us that both mom and baby are doing well, and that grandmother is counting all of her blessings tonight. What a night that family has been through, Errol Barnett. Thank you. Well, tonight, anger is rising in Europe as governments impose new COVID restrictions and vaccines are in short supply. Now, all of this is happening as new strains of the coronavirus sweep through the continent. We get more now from CBS's Charlie Daggett in London. Strict new lockdown measures triggered a backlash of violence that has spread across the Netherlands for three nights running. Anger at a nighttime curfew drawing rioters onto the streets. Countries across Europe are resorting to extreme measures to stem the spread of the mutant variant of the virus first identified in the UK. Far more contagious than the old coronavirus. Tonight, the U.K. became the first European country to surpass 100,000 deaths. It's hard to compute the sorrow contained in that grim statistic. 
Germany has now made surgical-grade masks mandatory on public transport and in stores. In rising tensions, the scramble for vaccines has taken a nationalistic tone. After British-based AstraZeneca said they'd fall short of delivering millions of doses to Europe, the EU threatened to block Pfizer vaccine exports to Britain. The European Commission president demanding a return on the billions invested in vaccine development. And now the companies must deliver. They must honor their obligations. The EU is expected to approve the AstraZeneca vaccine this Friday. It has transformed the vaccination program here with Britain vaccinating far more people than any other European country. It's also awaiting FDA approval in the U.S. Nora? Charlie Daggett in London. Thank you. Tonight, two veteran CBS executives are on administrative leave while Viacom CBS investigates allegations of racist and sexist behavior. Peter Dunn, CBS television station's president, and David Friend, senior vice president of news for the stations, are accused by former employees in legal papers and interviews of making disparaging comments about news anchors of color at our Philadelphia station. Dunn had no comment. Friend told the L.A. Times, these comments I may have made about our employees or prospective hires were only based on performance or qualifications, not about anyone's race or gender. Well, today, CBS CEO George Cheeks promised an independent investigation and vowed to foster and maintain a positive, inclusive and equitable workplace. Now to this story, women in the Army will soon be able to let their hair down. Starting next month, the Army is loosening regulations on the types of hairstyles, along with earrings and nail polish, allowed while in uniform. Now these changes are part of an effort to be more sensitive to cultural differences among soldiers. And for a group of fishermen in Florida, the catch of the day was what they caught on video. They were about 65 miles off Tampa in the Gulf of Mexico when a great white shark about 16 feet long circled their boat for hours and even chomped on their engine. Well, they say the shark rolled over on its back, stuck around for a few hours and then swam away. We know a lot of dedicated teachers, but you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone more devoted to their students than a kindergarten teacher in Minnesota. CBS's Chip Reed introduces us. Good morning, Lindsay. Kelly Klein is that teacher everyone remembers. Good morning, Raina. What am I going to do with my kindergartners? <laughs> Even during a year, she'd rather forget. I made a word wall for you to Kelly help isn't only tackling writing. virtual learning. She's doing it while battling a recurrence of ovarian cancer. She's in her online classroom every day, even during chemotherapy. You could go on leave and you said no. No. So I was first diagnosed five years ago and I did take a leave then because I was really sick. I missed teaching so much. So they're actually watching you as you go through treatment. Yes. What better way to spend four or five hours than with five-year-olds? It makes the time <laughs> pass quickly. It makes me smile. The Minnesota mother of two says she wants to show all of her kids that even with cancer, people can thrive. <laughs> it's real easy to go down the why me. And I think if I didn't have five-year-olds to teach every day, I would spend a lot of time thinking about that. It sounds like they give you strength. They absolutely give me strength. And she's giving them a lesson in living life to the fullest. Chip Reed, CBS News.
Kelly gives us strength, and she says her dream is that one of her students will one day find a cure for cancer. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Unifying America, how a Georgia police chief is bringing his community together after decades of racial injustice. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.